You're listening to a podcast from EvidenceNetwork.ca, making evidence matter in Canadian health policy. Dr. Kenneth Rockwood, a geriatrician in Halifax and researcher with the Canadian Frailty Network, says that an ageist attitude is an underlying cause of unsuitable health care for older patients. The complicated conditions of elderly and frail patients clash with the current health care system, which tends to focus on treating single illnesses. The key, he says, is a shift in attitude from a single illness approach to treating frail and elderly patients as a whole. By relying less on subspecialty medicine and focusing more on expert generalist care, treatment can be improved. Changing the system won't just benefit the elderly, claims Dr. Rockwood. It can also be used as a framework for improving care for all patients. Dr. Rockwood noticed a comment made by a young trainee doctor reflected a common ageist view. And then she said to me very emphatically that, well, medicine should be ages because we should make decisions based on where we could do the most good. And if someone was towards the end of their life, it didn't make as much sense to put as much effort in on them as someone who was younger in, in, in whom if they died, there'd be a longer, there'd be more loss to the person, to the society and so on. So she felt that it was a perfect medicine to be ages by which she meant that we should take age into account when we're trying to allocate scarce resources. He says that this kind of attitude contributes to the poorer treatment of elderly patients. We often don't serve older people well in consequence of the way we think about illness compared to the illness that they have. And, of course, you know, the mismatch between uh, what patients get and what they need is, is classic in medicine. And one of the George Bernard Shaw plays where the patient says, I hope you treat what I have. And the doctor says, well, I hope you have what I treat. This mismatch is around and it's known, uh, but I think there's a particular danger for it now because there's a fundamental issue, which is that we've built healthcare and very successfully, for the most part, on ever greater specialization, uh, on people knowing more and more about the illness at hand. The difference with aging patients is that they often have more than one illness. You know, any illness fundamentally is a metaphor, right? And so if you've only got one thing wrong, the contract that we doctors carry in our head about that particular illness, so that's the only one you've got, that contract will fit pretty well. By the time that's the 10th or 11th or 12th illness in, how it comes about, what makes it worse, uh, uh, how it presents, how it will manifest in terms of uh, whether or not someone knows they have it, all those things can be fundamentally different in older people. And it's still... Uh, socially and politically and medically acceptable to to somehow blame the older person if the way that their illness presents doesn't conform to the way that we think that it should. Rather than blaming the patients, he says that a system which emphasizes the importance of subspecialties is not suitable for the elderly. When an individual gets older and they become acutely ill, it's unlikely that there's just the one illness that's brought them to attention. There are all these other things that are going on, some which we call illnesses, some which we call disabilities, and some which we call subclinical impairments. But they all seem to contribute to the individual's overall um, uh, risk, not just of death, but of, of, of bad adverse outcomes like progressive functional impairment. So so, so the idea of a subspecialization uh, as as the way that progress lies when it comes to the expense of knowing some pretty basic skills as a physician, I think that's a real tension to healthcare, particularly public funded healthcare. One solution is trying to understand the many aspects affecting the health of older and frail patients. And so one of the things that we try to encourage, for example, is for people to take a more dynamic approach to understanding what the illness looks like. One of the things that, that, that our group has shown is that if 
an individual, if their mobility becomes progressively impaired and continues to get worse even after you've initiated treatment for severe illness, their mortality rate is very high. By understanding the patient as a whole, steps towards better care can be taken. So it gives you a sense of organized, non-nihilistic approach to uh, structure decision-making. And, and it gives a bridge between this false dichotomy right now, in which case, you know, we're either going to do everything, or my God, we better not start, because when you start, there's no going back. So I think in myriad ways like that, the system needs to adapt to the reality of what it's seeing and come up with a reasonably evidence-based, um, logical, non-emotional understanding of what's actually happening so, so that we're not engaging in outcomes where the uh, process of success is very dim. Dr. Rockwood says that this model of care can be beneficial beyond just geriatric medicine. Geriatric medicine has evolved to be a discipline which favors, celebrates, rejoices in complex patients. And we should do everything we can to align the skills in ordinary care to um, best emulate uh, uh, what happens in usual geriatric care. We should do that everywhere. For Evidence Network, this is Dane Wanyarachige. You've been listening to a podcast from evidencenetwork.ca, making evidence matter in Canadian health policy. Connect with the latest nonpartisan health research from experts across Canada and around the world, or sign up to receive our free monthly e-newsletter at evidencenetwork.ca. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Evidencenetwork.ca is funded by the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, Research Manitoba, and the Centre for Healthcare Innovation.